0: Hey friends, I am so glad that you are here today. We are gathering from different spots around the cities and even across states, but I am so glad that we are able to come together and worship the Lord Jesus. And so I I am just so glad that you are here. This is the fourth and final weekend of our Advent journey. And uh, Christmas is very quickly coming upon us. It's gonna be here in just a few days. And we have been journeying through the Advent Reef and we've been adding light around the reef as we've gone. And, And we come to this fourth candle. And honestly, this is my favorite candle of the four. It's the candle themed around the idea of love. But I also love it because we have been slowly watching this journey of light take place throughout the Advent journey. And we've seen light gather strength uh, and and start pushing back the darkness. And it's such a beautiful image. And this week, it, it sort of reminds me of a verse found in Isaiah 58, verse 8. And I want you just to listen to the words of the Lord. It says, Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you, And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Friends, after the year that we've had, this is extraordinarily good news. We've lived through stretches over the past nine months where it seemed like darkness was winning, where it seemed like maybe, just maybe, darkness would have the final word. And this is why these promises found in Isaiah and and promises across the scriptures are so important, that these these words are, are so encouraging because it reminds us that the light and healing and protection uh, can be found in God and he readily pours it out upon us, all provided out of God's love, love for his creation, love for you and for me expressed through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. See, in just a few moments, we're gonna light this final candle together and when that happens, The Christ candle will be completely surrounded by light, and we are left in this place of heightened anticipation for what we know happens next, the arrival of Jesus, the arrival of the Messiah, and the beginning of the end of evil's hold on this world. So friends, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to light this love candle, and I invite you wherever you are to Light the love candle on your Advent wreath or light your light of the world candle that you found in the Heritage Advent kits. And let's light this candle together as a community. And then we pray together. Come Lord Jesus, our light and our salvation. Let us walk in your love.
1: See
2: I'm so grateful for this reminder that heaven has come down. Uh, You know, as we have lit the advent candle of love and we, we just remember this as Christ followers that we know what love is because of Jesus, because of Jesus being willing to come. And for me, that just gives me an overwhelming sense of gratitude. And so I wonder for you as you just kind of sit in the space of letting God's love wash over you as you think about Jesus coming. You know, I know too that for many of us, there may be people in our lives that it's heavy on our hearts that they don't know the love of Jesus in the way that we do. And so they don't have that hope and that joy and that peace. That we do, and so as we pray together, um, I wonder if you would just um, hold out that person um, to Jesus and invite Jesus to to really woo them in relationship with Him this Christmas. You know, brothers and sisters, we joyfully await the glorious coming of Christ. And so we're going to offer our prayers together. And for you that may, may look like you need to offer up a prayer for yourself. Um, maybe there's a need weighing heavy on your heart uh, for your community. I know our community here in the Quad Cities that is COVID is increasingly present. Um, many of us are impacted by that in our personal health journey, in the health journey of someone that we love, maybe that we work with, maybe we have a healthcare worker, or a first responder in our family. Um, And so there may be a need for your community that you wanna offer. Or maybe as you just look around at the world, you feel a heaviness. And so as we pray together, I just invite you to offer, offer that need, offer that request up to our loving Father who wants to to intervene on our behalf. Offer that request to Jesus, who sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes on our behalf. Offer that prayer to Holy Spirit, who is with us and is present to us as our very breath. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Spirit, you have given us a sign of your love, that sign, is Jesus, this gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior, this Jesus who was promised to us from ages past? Father, we declare that just as Joseph did, we believe the message of your presence whispered by an angel. And so we offer our prayers for our world. We offer our prayers for our community. We offer our prayers for ourselves. Hear our prayers, O oh Lord, we pray. God, we are grateful that we can be confident That you love us, that you see us, that you know us, and that you are Emmanuel, God with us. May we know this with every fiber of our being in this Christmas season in a new way. May you reveal yourself to us. And may you be so active in us that it is obvious to everyone who knows us, who interacts with us, that we are a child of yours. All of this we pray in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Spirit. Amen.
3: friends, Christmas is just a handful of days away and I hope you're ready. In fact, I'm praying that you are already sensing renewed hope and peace and joy in whatever you're facing and wherever you're at. This time of year is a season to prepare our hearts and our minds and our homes to celebrate. It's a time of celebration. Not necessarily because everything is going well, because it probably isn't. Not because everything in front of us is good and great, no, it's probably not, but because Christmas reminds us that love came. It's the reality that we sit between two moments, the first coming of Jesus as a baby and the second coming of Jesus as a king. And because of those two comings, we can celebrate. It's a special time of year where we get to gather with family and friends. And I hope that this is a special Christmas season for you. And yours. You know, when my family gets together at the holidays, we like to play games, all kinds of different games. But distance and COVID realities have disrupted that a bit, to be honest. But we've still found ways to connect. In fact, at Thanksgiving, I rallied a number of my nieces and nephews who live out of state and got them engaged in a group text game, a series of games. Not anything big. In fact. The first set was really a modified version of Where's Waldo, where I sent them pictures that had my son Daniel hidden in them just to see if they could find him. I called it Where's Daniel, very creative. (laughs) But then one of the other games we played actually had more interaction in it. They had to solve riddles, they had to answer questions, they had to perform tasks as a group and send me pictures that they completed the task. It was a pretty fun time. In fact, I think I'm well on my way to earning the rank of Funko which is fun, uncle, and that's a personal goal of mine. Now, one of the tasks that they had to do in the last game was to come up with the highest scoring word in the game of Scrabble. Now, I don't know if you know what that word is, but they were able to figure it out and then display it on the board, and they sent me this picture once they'd finished it. You can see them there, happy that they completed the task and celebrating that step in the game. And again, the whole thing was just fun, just a hoot, and maybe something you and your family can try, even in the season of distancing. But you may have noticed in the picture that I just showed you that the word, the answer was shown in that. The highest scoring possible word in the game of Scrabble is Oxyfenbutazone. Say that with me, it's fun to say, oxyphenbutazone. <laughs> Pretty fun. Now, depending on the rules you're using to play Scrabble, it is a valid word, and it can score 1,778 points, highest scoring word. Now, it is a, a medicine that treats arthritis, but what's fascinating about this word is it has never been played in an official game, and it probably never will. See, in order to actually lay out this word, it needs to cut across three triple word score squares, and it has to be preceded by eight perfectly already played tiles that you just add to. It'll likely never be played in an official game. I mean if you understand the game of Scrabble, there's a lot riding on variables we don't control. You you draw out some tiles from a bag and and you work with what you have and, and then you actually work with others who are using tiles as well and putting words down. And there's a whole lot of things we can't control in the game of Scrabble, variables and particularly what other people do around us. So The word oxyfenbutazone, although high scoring, will probably not ever be played in an official game. But what I find interesting about this word is that it's possible. Not likely, but possible. that Really not viable in a real game, but we may be able to lay it out on a board to display it like my niece and nephews did, but not likely use it for real, officially. Now see, I share that with you because I think sometimes this is how we feel or interact with Christmas and Jesus. We may be able to pull some parts and pieces about who he is and maybe even to hold some traditions and understanding about what this season means and even lay out some decorations, put them up to be enjoyed and have fun doing it, but not really know how it all fits together with life or what it means through the rest of the year. It can leave us wanting and confused. We can even feel like our pursuit of God is like reaching into a bag of life's tiles, hoping to get some good ones, and then having to work with whatever we've got, good or not. And, and it gets worse or gets easier depending on what those people are doing around us. They could do things that create good space to play a word, or they can take spots that we wanted to play in. Sometimes we can feel that way about God struggling to work with the tiles that we have, just really wanting to play it all out and win and get our hand played out. and Maybe you have felt that way when it comes to understanding Christmas and Jesus. But life and the things of God are far less random and far more reliable than that. See, regardless of who you are, where you've been, God loves you. He loves you. God Himself is love. He does nothing apart from love, but yet He specifically loves you. He loves me. He, he loves us. He's created us. He's given us life and purpose. And even though life's tiles can be challenging, even though they can be hard to work with and even hard to make sense of in life, He has a purpose and a plan. and it's one to give us hope in a future. It is not to harm us. It's one rooted in love. Love that he wants to lavish upon you and me has his sons and daughters. You know, you may be familiar with what is probably one of the most well-known passages of scripture in the Bible. It's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. The world is you and me. People. Not the planet Earth, but the people created in the image of God. God so loved you and me That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's great. It's wonderful. You may be familiar with it, but you may not know how to put the tiles of life together to understand what it means, even now at Christmas. But it was his giving that was demonstrated in sending that makes Christmas unique. Love came. In fact, love has come. And in doing so, has actually made the impossible move possible, or better yet, viable. See, he's made every move to set up our ability to play a triple word, score, square word, like oxyfenbutazone, in our lives. To have life, not to have points. To have life and life to the full. But we still have to play our part. We still have to be willing to lay our tiles down alongside his. Not just lay our tiles down alongside our own. Let's take a look at at how he's done this. And we're going to do that by going back to the scripture we've anchored our Advent journey in. It's in in the Gospel of John, the book of John in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're in John chapter 1. And this is written by a man who was a dear friend of Jesus and a disciple of Jesus. And and he's describing the steps and process by which God set up the ability to win that triple word score dynamic for us in life through Jesus. And this may be a familiar passage for you, and if so, let it just be a bit of review. But I also realize for some of you, this is new. And it can be transformative in understanding how the tiles of life play out in the purposes of God, especially at Christmas. Let's take a look at this. This is John chapter one, starting with verse one. Now, when I read this, I'm going to refer to Jesus where it's speaking about Jesus. I'm going to replace the word word and some personal pronouns to speak to Jesus because that's what it's doing, speaking about him. So just, just listen in. In the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning and through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus, the light, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That would be John the Baptist, not the writer of this passage. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light, Jesus, that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's what happened that first Christmas. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Man, there's, there's so much there in these paragraphs. John is describing how God set us up to win, to win the biggest, most significant thing ever. Not 1,778 points in a game, but life, eternal life in all the challenges of this world and this life, and the complexity that you and I have created in our sin, in our poor choices, in our habits, in our rebellion, in our spoken and unspoken words, in our words and in our deeds, public and private. The sin that's complicated life, in all of that space, he made a way. Love made a way. That's the beauty of what Christmas is. Love made a way. He made a way for you and I. He he made it available, the impossible to be viable. And why? Well, it's just because of love. God so loved that he gave and he sent. Now, I think it's probably helpful to just pause for a moment and clarify what we mean by love and what we don't mean. Because I think at times we can think some things are love when they're not. I think particularly in our culture, in our world these days, we can think that love is best expressed in a willingness to let others do whatever they want. But that's not really love. That's a distorted view of it. It's actually a lesser expression of it. Love, the the kind of love that God gives, the love that God expresses to us is reflected in the willingness to facilitate and to pursue what is right and good and true on behalf of the other, even if it costs us. See, uh, we know this because even a loving parent doesn't allow their children to eat whatever they want to eat. <laughs> we actually help our kids when they're young to, to eat what they need to eat to be healthy. A parent doesn't let a child just go to bed whenever they want to go to bed. No, we we help them go to bed when it's wise and good and, and healthy for them. Love isn't about whatever; it's about what is best, what should be in life, even if it means a sacrifice for us. And if you understand parenting, this makes tons of sense. That love isn't reflected in permission, but priority. It's not permission to do whatever, but priority to do what is best. To, to do what is right and good and true. And that's exactly what God did. Look, if love was about permission, just about permission, then, then Jesus came for no reason. He lived, he died, and rose again for no reason. If love is just about permission. And and God was foolish to have sent him. But that's simply not the way it is. And if if you think that way, I really hope you don't, because it's not how that works. God doesn't make mistakes. He does nothing apart from love. And he has never done anything wrong. And he is the one who did not leave us on our own to do whatever we want, but came and pursued us out of love for what could be and can be. He sent Jesus. He made you and I priority to restore, to reconcile, to rescue. He made a way for you and I. He made a way for what should be, for what should have been all along. He sent Jesus and set us up to win, the biggest, most significant thing ever. In all the challenges of life, what people do around us or what we do ourselves, in that complexity, the complexity of sin in this world, he still made a way for the impossible to be viable and available To receive all that there is in God. We can have his love if we receive Jesus, who is the gift of love. It's back to that verse 12 reality in 1 John. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When we're willing to receive Jesus, to receive him, to believe by faith, we receive life. If we don't, we won't. How we receive is important. You know, my, my dad and his wife, Joyce, recently came for a visit. Um, and it was great. I was looking forward to it, that we, we prepared ahead of time, got the house ready, got food ready, waited for them to arrive. And when they arrived and rang the doorbell, man, I welcomed them, opened the door, greeted them. We had a great time. I didn't just welcome him in because I had agreed to it. I welcomed him in because I love him. I want to spend time with my dad. I want to hear what's going on in their lives. And, and it was good. But what if even after, pre- after preparing the house and the food and all the readiness, when the doorbell rang, what, what if I had not opened the door and had not welcomed them in? After getting ready, I just kind of hid and pretended I wasn't there. <laughs> well, probably after a bit of time, they would have left. It would have been very awkward and we would have missed the opportunity to connect. But the reality is, we have an opportunity to invite, to open the door, to welcome, to invite, to stay. And in, in a similar way to me, it's interesting that we can do the same thing with God. When we believe and when we receive, when we believe and receive, we receive Jesus, the one who is himself love. We invite him to enter into our life and we end up stepping into an unending relationship where love leads to love. Love leads to greater love. And love leads to hope and peace and joy. We've been on a journey in, our, in this conversation through Advent to understand hope and peace and joy and love. We're doing love now, later in the conversation, not because it's the least or not because it isn't significant, but it's because it is the foundation. It's because it is the greatest. The love of God, listen to me, the love of God is simultaneously forceful and fragile. It is forceful and fragile. It is fragile, not in the sense of weakness or or limitation or, or even some sense of lacking. It's fragile in the sense of delicate and it hinges on a decision our willingness to lay down our tiles alongside His. And it's forceful, not in a requirement or in a mandate, but in its tenacity and its strength. God's God's love is a love that is beyond some kind generosity towards us. It is a love that suffers as it embraces the very thing that stands in opposition to it. Us. In our sin, in our choice to embrace evil, and our choice to embrace things that are not love. Yet in His love, in His love, we find strength in our weakness. In His love, we find and learn how to heal and not just cope. In His love, we find peace amidst problems. And we can have it in fullness or not. He has come, He has made a way. We still have a choice even though, it's amazing, it blows my mind, like just, he still cares even after we've messed things up. He's still willing to receive, even after he was rejected, willing to sacrifice after he was despised. But this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ came and he laid down his life. That is love. He laid it down for us. It's good, it's great, it's wonderful. And the thing is, His love, his hope, his peace, and his joy, they aren't dependent upon circumstances. It doesn't hinge on the conditions of our lives. It hinges on a choice. It's not something we even have to pursue. Those things are all things that we receive. We've seen that over our conversations in the Advent journey. If you've missed any of those, go to heritageqc.com and dig down in to our Light of the Word conversations over the past few weeks. But listen to me. Love finds a way. In the distance and the disruption of 2020, we're all finding new and different ways to connect with our loved ones. I hope you are. I hope you found creative ways and I hope you now play some group text games with your loved ones that aren't nearby to you. But even in the midst of that, if we love, we find a way to connect. And so did God. That's what he did too. And to have his love, we just have to receive it. But like playing the word oxyphenbutone. Butazone. Oxyphenbutazone. I messed that word up just there. But even playing the word oxyfenbutazone, we have to lay all of our p- tiles and pieces alongside his. We have to do our part in laying our lives down. We can't earn it. We cannot earn it. But we do need to do our part. And if we don't do our part, it's unrealized. It's unfinished. The work of Jesus is finished, and it's ready to be received. It is not earned. It is received. And it's not a game, and it's not for points. It's actually something that you and I can have and have to the full because God himself is love. He does nothing apart from love. He can't do that. And even now, in the jumbled impossibilities of our lives, the blind stumbling that we can feel like we sit in, in our limited ability, he is functioning out of love. He has laid out for us the perfect sequence because he loved, he sent Jesus and offers us life through him. God has come close to us in Jesus Christ. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. We don't have to struggle to find him. We don't have to be lucky in drawing the right tiles to to have it work out. He has come. He came for you. He came for me. Love has come. Love found a way. Don't miss the opportunity to build on what he's already done. We can't do it on our own. Yet the impossibility the unlikeliness of a series of things that needed to take place for us to be reconciled to God have already taken place in Jesus. and We just need to receive his love. The question is now is, are we going to do that? Are we going to do our part? Will you receive what he offers? I want to take a moment right now to actually create a space to let each of us do some business with God, whatever that needs to be, to maybe receive hope and peace and joy and love in a decision to step into a relationship with God through Jesus, maybe for the first time or in a recommitment. But I want to create a space. I want to pray for a moment and then allow you to sit in a space of conversation with God. If you're ready to receive hope and peace and joy, and specifically his love, then I want to encourage you to pray a prayer like this one. It's just an opportunity to express the realities of where we sit and invite him and to receive what he offers through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. I encourage you to Take these next few moments to listen and lean in. Like I said, just do some business with God. Encourage you to sit in His presence and to receive what He has to offer because Christmas is not just a season to celebrate. It is a season to remember that we sit between two times, His first coming and His second. And when He comes again as King, it's important that we know Him as Lord because that's where we experience life and life to the full, that eternal life that He gives. So before we step back into worship through song, let me pray for you, and then allow you to linger in that space in your own conversation with him. Perhaps praying that prayer, that will be on the screen. you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, I thank you that you sent Jesus. I thank you that love has come and that you have made a way. I pray, Lord, that you would allow each of us to lay it all down. Give us the courage to lay all, all down for a greater return, a greater gain than we could ever earn on our own. Life and life to the full and eternal with you. So, in these next few moments, Lord, speak to my brothers and sisters as they speak with you.
1: Oh, hear the angel voice.
4: God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus for us. That's what we celebrate this season in Christmas. It's the reality that Jesus has come. We are so thrilled to get to celebrate all that this means with you. And we're celebrating with you if you prayed that prayer that Pastor Sean mentioned earlier today. You know, the scriptures tell us that if you stepped into relationship with Jesus, that all of the angels in heaven are throwing a party because you have walked into new life with him. We celebrate that. And if you made that decision or prayed the prayer like that, or maybe you want more information about what that means or how to do that, then we invite you to text LOVE to 309 250 A member of our team will follow up with you and help you get connected in your next steps on your journey with Jesus. So again, text us love at the number on the screen and a member of our team will follow up with you. Now, We can't wait to gather together with you even as we're distanced for our Christmas Eve service opportunities. We will pray together. We'll sing together. There'll be carols and candle lighting and great opportunity for you and your family to connect deeply into what God is doing in this season. You are not gonna wanna miss it. So join us Thursday night, Christmas Eve at 6.30 on my TV channel 8.3. And then you can join in on that service anytime from 7 o'clock to midnight, streaming at heritageqc.com. We hope that this is part of your Christmas celebration together as we receive the light of life. Now, we want to remind you that you can continue to find us on Channel 8, WQAD, and Channel 8... my TV throughout the next season. We're gonna continue inviting you to connect with us as you invite us into your living space and allow it to become sacred space. You know, in fact, every week as we gather for these services, we're praying for you that wherever you find yourself connecting with us, around a TV screen or a laptop screen or a phone screen, whatever it is, that it would be a space and place where you encounter the love of Jesus Christ in a very real way. As Pastor Sean mentioned earlier, the love that Jesus brings is one that is generous, that moves us to giving ourselves away. And as a church, we seek to be a people of authentic love, People who choose those around us. And so, Heritage, we want to say thank you. Thank you for choosing the way of love. And even though our preference would be to gather together in space, choosing to be distanced in these days so we can love and care for our cities well. Thank you for choosing to be people of authentic love, who give generously of their time and talent and treasure in serving and loving those around us. If you want information about how you can connect in serving, in giving, and even in relationship in groups, we encourage you to go to heritageqc.com and surf the website there, or download the Church Center app and select Heritage Church. You'll find all of those opportunities and so many more. Once again, we're praying for you, and we can't wait to join you on Thursday night for our Christmas Eve services i see you.